I appreciate your presence, appreciate what has been said, and appreciate each one of you. Um, I just want to make a couple of remarks before we read the scripture, and I'm going to have Brother John Andes read the scripture for me. Uh, Brother Branham often referred to the woman at the well. This is also one of the scriptures, I want you to really pay attention to this, this is also one of the scriptures which we have in John 4 and we're going to read, but this is one of the scriptures that the angel of the Lord referred him to when he was entering into the second pull of his ministry and revealing the secrets of the hearts of the people. And the ministers, ministers told him it's of the devil. And uh, the people, people had a difficult time. And I had a difficult time speaking about this because that was the very thing that anchored my heart. Because I thought, no man can do this. This has to be from another place. And I was just uh, a teenager, as some of you are. I was 14 when I first saw that. And, and I heard a man from Vancouver, actually, who was Ern Baxter. And he was pastoring a church downtown. He became Brother Branham's first manager. And I heard him at the platform saying before Brother Branham came out, and he said, now Brother Branham will not begin to preach, will not begin to pray for the sick until the angel of the Lord is here at the platform. And I, I that just smote my heart. I thought, I have heard about angels. I have had Sunday school teachers refer to us out of the scripture about angels, but I have never seen a man that spoke to an angel. And I want to hear him. And Brother Branham came out and began to pray for the sake. And that is the night or the day I saw a blind girl healed. And I never forgot that. It is remarkable <clears throat> how his ministry unfolds the makeup of our human being, our body, our spirit, and our soul. Now, I won't let you get out of this building today without pricking your heart with a, a, a phrase that you've heard him say many, many times. Now, I'm, I want to take every spirit in this building under my control. And when he said that, I thought that has to, that statement has to come from another place. Who has the control of every spirit, of every person in a building? How does a man 
stand there and be able to say that unless God will come in, move behind him, and allow that to take place. And that is why also he would tell the people, don't move around, don't be, you know what he's saying is don't be irreverent. And so today I want to take uh, my time and I want to engage some others to help in the service. And I would ask you to be as reverent and uh, as respectful as you possibly can. Now, uh, I'm going to read, and you can take your Bibles, please. And we'll turn to the book of John. I have some slides, and I will have some audio as well. I'll forewarn you ahead of time. The slides have to do with, included in the slides, are uh, audio portions that I was seated here. Probably no further than where John or Tom is, Brother Tom, from me. And uh, my mind was filled with questions because the scriptures had not been revealed open to me concerning baptism and concerning Godhead and concerning the serpent seed. Now, do you have any questions? And Brother Branham said, when the people came up, he said, now I just want to talk to the woman, or I want to talk to the man, sir, and contact your spirit. That was him. Now, the scripture, the Bible you're holding, says he's the same yesterday, So I'm going to take some from the woman and the well that was yesterday. And today, I was sitting on the platform 2,000 years. That sounds like a long time. That's not very long for God, a person that's eternal. That's no, there are, there's no yesterday. There's no tomorrow and there's no today. It's all the same time. It's And I can tell you, and I am speaking from being a witness of that. And then I stood where Brother Tom is when he was contacting the spirits of some people that I knew. And he would tell them, what was going to take place, and some of you young men, well, you've heard me tell the story of the soldier boy. Now you're going to hear Brother Branham cry out to him in the service. And the next day, I met him. The next day, it was all fulfilled. And I just felt that I would fail you if I didn't do this. 
And so I'm going to give you that as a gift. And there will be no Christmas like this. And furthermore, the prophet of God came and one of his first services was God in his people. That's God in you. You may not feel very worthy. You may not feel as though that is the case. But that happens to be the absolute truth. And you have to recognize that because if you don't recognize it, that doesn't stop it. But it will prevent God from using it the way he would like to. And so I'm going to be speaking to you at a service that I have held in my heart now for some weeks. And uh, so I pray that you will be attentive. I know you will. And uh, may this be a, a service that you will remember all your days. Amen. It's my prayer. Brother John, <clears throat> would you come and, and read, please? We're starting at John, the fourth chapter, and verse, is it five? Verse five. And John will be reading, and I will, I, I like the way that he reads the scripture, and we're reading it very slowly and very with emphasis. Okay, Brother John. John chapter 4, verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. I'd like you to notice Jesus, who is going to say to this woman later on, I am he. Is he weary? He's weary. He's tired. He's thirsty. So continue. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. I wonder if you could put slide six up. Uh, Slide one, rather. Slide one. And if you read verses nine and ten, we'll read it together and you can look at if you don't have your Bible. Verse 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. That is uh, difficulty number one. How is it that you are speaking to me? The Jews have no dealing with 
the Samaritans. And here's a young Jewish man in his 30s, perhaps, uh, who is tired, is obviously wearied by his journey, and he's thirsty. And he's asked for a drink of water from this woman. Now, she has some hurdles to overcome. How is it that you are asking me? Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. That's a real problem. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God. If thou knewest the gift of God. Now he's going to unveil a gift to her. And I have chosen this time to unveil that gift to you. And who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. Problem number three. And the well is deep. Problem number four. From whence then hast thou that living water? Number five. Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Number six. Who gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Friends, there is a satisfying portion. There's even a portion where you will not return to have somebody, some, I know we're having a special speaker, our brother Ron Spencer, uh, and that's wonderful. But remember that you can be inspired. You can be oh so caught up. Oh, you think I'll never be the same. But you have to come back and get another drink. But I can tell you that there is water that where you will never thirst again. Never thirst again. God can do something in your life that will be so permanent, so powerful, it will answer your questions. And I have some things to ask you. And remember during this service while Brother John is reading. I wonder if he is here. I wonder if he is trying to catch your spirit. And reveal himself to you. That will be the greatest gift I could give you. We'll continue to read. Verse 15, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband 
and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus answered, said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. I'd like you to notice now this. He will tell me, tell us all things. Please notice that. And, and, and the prophet of God brings out this. She, he said, she knew one thing. I know. The Samaritans know. I know when the Messiah cometh. He will tell us all things. And, and the Lord Jesus opened his mouth and told her one thing. He only needs to tell you one thing. And you feel as though your whole life has been exposed. And she said, come see a man. That's my message. Come see a man that told me all things. And Brother Branham said, I don't know you. That's William Branham. I don't know you, but there's one here that knows us. And he knows everything about us. He knows all of our troubles, our difficulties, our trials, our burdens, and the things that are throw our lives into such a chaos sometimes. And we come, and you've come now to this service, and I want that you'll receive something. Carry on, please. Verse 26. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon, upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or, Why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come, See a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? That's the question. And now this morning, and now today, 
not back then, this same Christ. This is what this prophet of God and this what the ministry here and Brother John spoke on Wednesday night. If you haven't heard it, you need to go home and stream that service. Wonderful service. God is in his people. And that's the greatest gift that we can give you. The greatest gift. You may not care for the wrapping. Maybe it's a different wrapping he's given each child that's been born into the world. A different wrapping. And so you have your own wrapping. And maybe it's not appealing to everyone. But nevertheless, that's the wrapping. God has wrapped you up with a certain nature, a certain character. And uh, and now I want to say to you, this man was dressed as a Jew. Come see a man. He's dressed as a Jew. A man wearied and thirsty. He doesn't look impressive. He doesn't look like some dynamic preacher. He was more than a prophet. He was the Messiah. A man wearied, thirsty with his journey. A man speaking to a woman of a diverse culture. And actually the Jews considered them of a lower base culture. And so that is why when his disciples returned, they wouldn't ask him anything about, why do you speak to this woman? And not only that, she was ill-famed. She was one that you may not wish to have as a neighbor. She had had five husbands and been unsuccessful with five husbands. Unsuccessful, not a very successful person. And the one she's with now is not her husband. Not a very impressive record. But the Messiah met her and answered all of her questions in a moment of time. And that's the gift God and his people. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you. That is why she said, how is it, I'll let you sit down in just a moment. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me? That's a simple thing. She had the bucket. She could give him the water. She could give him a drink. Why didn't she just give him a drink and call it quits? She could have done that. You could do, you can do things that are spiritual and acceptable to your neighbor, to your wife, to your husband, to your children, or the young people, to their parents. But is it what he really is troubling your spirit about? And that's what I want to ask. 
is he trying to contact your spirit today? It's given to me to stand here. And I feel very humbled over that. To think that a man, a father, a mother, a young person can have this God in them. Are we worthy? Probably not. But we'll pray. Heavenly Father, how I thank you for your children. How I thank you for your servants who have given themselves to you unreservedly. Lord, I do not know where you want to go today, but I am asking that the Messiah that sat on the well and spoke to a woman of Samaria will be here and speak to people from Washington, Idaho. We'll speak to people from Linden and Blaine and Cloverdale and Langley. We need you. Oh, we need you. We don't want to just gather in a church building. We'd sooner just meet you out in the wilderness someplace. Come and do what you would be pleased with. I ask it in your name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus answered her and said, If thou knewest, if you knew the gift of God, a lot of people are going to be giving and a lot of people are going to be receiving and maybe have some gifts given. And I can tell you before you even tear the wrapping, it may be important and it may not be important. One thing for sure, it won't change your life, but I am going to offer you, according to this book, I'm going to offer you a God that knows you inside out. And he knows the things that's troubled you all of your life, perhaps, or for maybe many, many years. Maybe you even asked, why have you allowed this? Why did you allow this? I'll tell you what you need. You need this gift, and it'll answer it in a moment. And I'm going to tell you about, you're looking at a man that was filled with huge questions. I was telling the brothers in the back, I saw a group of ministers, and I was one of them, and they gathered around a woman that was very oppressed. She was very cast down, and she had a heavy spirit with her. And I don't know what the problem was. Even to this day, I don't know what it was. But she was physically 
in some state. And the ministers around her cast started casting out spirits, and they cast out devils. And I didn't know, they cast out every devil I even knew, ever knew of. And nothing seemed to happen. And when they were all done and done their praying and exercised in prayer, they all went to their seats. I was still standing right here. And a woman, she's a widow, and her husband was a great teacher of the scriptures. And uh, she took up to sending his books out, and her name was Eaton. And this was in a little tent. And she stood in front of this woman. The woman was right here at the pulpit, standing. And she stood in front of her, and she began to quote the scripture. That was all she knew. She quoted one after the other after the other. And I saw her get happy as she quoted the scriptures. That's all she had. And she quoted the scriptures, and she began to giggle. And she would quote another one and laugh. And the woman in front of her, I saw her face change. I saw her, I saw the transformation take place. And soon she entered into, she began to smile with the lady and, and she giggled a little bit also. And that woman was completely delivered. Listening to the scriptures being quoted to her by another woman and all the ministers, you know, ministers, uh, eloquent ministers, maybe powerful preachers, I don't know. And I was standing there with them, but I knew that something was missing. That woman is to be delivered. And I'm going to tell you now the God that is present. You must receive that. But that God is present to to be active in your life and to give you what you have need of and you need to be able to say, I know when the Messiah cometh, He will tell us all things. And you're looking at a man that was in that same state. But I knew one thing, that what this prophet of God, it was another era. I just knew I had never heard anything like that before. And I had questions on the scripture. And please hear me out. There was one that knew what those questions were. And he answered those questions. If thou knewest, if you know, if you behold, if you perceive, you've asked maybe many times, you've asked down in your deepest Self, and uh, you'll excuse me when I <clears throat> when the woman said, "How is it that thou, being a Jew, a Jew, 
How is it that you, being a message believer, how is it that you have these things that are seemingly beyond answer, and yet they should not be a part of your life, part of the oppression, and I'm not speaking defeatism, but that does happen. And uh, thank you for your attention. She was not, and this is the key, she was not completely open with everything. You know, we are capable in this day and in this age of, you know, we've cultivated ourselves to such a place. We go to church and we have, we have the answers to so many things and and we do, but we become a, a word which is coy, C-O-Y. We become coy, and that is we become incapable of coming to a very sensitive part of our life. We, uh, so he said, how is it that thou being a Jew askest of me which am a Samaritan. That was a big question in her mind. And then now I'm going to give you a great secret that I have found in throughout my life, and that's this, that you can bring people, and when you contact or start to contact their spirit, they're willing and open to speak to you about spiritual things but they don't come right to the problem. And Brother Branham said, he he said this, he said the Samaritan woman was willing to speak about what the Jews and Samaritans, no, I'm sorry, that's not the exact quote, but nevertheless, the woman was willing to speak about what was the Jews and Samaritans, what they believed and where they worshipped, etc. She said, how is it that the, the, she said, I know that the Jews worship in Jerusalem. And she turns religious right away. And is willing to speak and is able to speak of those things. I know the Jews say we should worship here. And we Samaritans say they should worship in this mountain. I don't know where, where, where is the place that you really worship? And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is speaking to you. And that's what I want to say to you today. If you knew the gift of God. What is the gift of God? A prophet, God sends Elijah the prophet. To let you know that God is not, he says, he says these words, God's in the universe. Do you believe it? The people believe it. He said, God's in his son. Do you believe it? Yes, we believe that. God's in his people. Well, if you, as long as you don't mean me, 
Because if you only knew my flaws, he knows he knows that. He knows those flaws. He knows all about it. Before you even came on the scene, he chose to be recognized in you and with you. And, you know, uh, we become so efficient at covering it up and not really coming to the subject. And that was her case. So he said what she was not able to do. Go and get your husband. He was contacting her spirit right then. Go and get your husband. Well, she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you've spoken the truth. You've had five. Her eyes flashed, I'm sure. What what kind of man is this? You've had five, but the one you have now is not your husband. In that, you've spoken the truth. She says, I know that when the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. She ached for that moment. I that speak to thee am he. You know, you know the God of this word. You know the God of this Bible. Is God in his word? Yes. You believe it? Yes. Is God in his son? Yes. Because that's way in the past sometime. But is God in his people? That's the question. Is that God right here? Is that God who can contact? Somehow we put that off and put it out there someplace where we don't have to deal with it. Don't do that. Bring it right here. God in this service. God in this tabernacle, this sanctuary. God, you've heard my confessions. You've heard my worship. You've heard me say things. You've heard me say I love you. And I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't say it with a surrendered life that I should have. That I want to have. And I'm going to I wonder if you'd play an audio part. Yes, that'll be fine. Please. Now, as this is being played, your brother at the standing here was on the platform. I perhaps had more questions than you have because I was bewildered and in a dilemma. But I was just standing just where Tom is seated. 
I may have been seated, I don't remember, but I was there and I heard this. I was there. So would you please play it? and every person in here be healed. Will you believe it? Stand up on your feet and accept it then in the name of Jesus Christ. Raise up your hands now to him. Say, I believe you, Lord. I love him. I'm broken because I was there. All your heart, just raise your hands high, praise him, say, thank you, Lord Jesus. What's the matter, soldier boy? You're not going to commit suicide. The devil's lying to you, boy. You've only got a phobia. He's lying to you. He'll drive you insane if you believe him. Deny Renounce the devil. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to renounce the devil and accept Jesus Christ as your healer. You'll go back and be a gentleman and a real, real man. You can do it. Raise up your hands to God and say, praise God. That's right. Oh, amen. Now go back home and be well. Said so you'll go back. And be a real gentleman and be a real man. On the way back, they passed us. And I stopped in a town. It was a little mud town called Fort Nelson. 300 miles from where this was song was being sung. And I was on the platform listening to this... How strange, how strange it was to have somebody in the middle of the course. I love him. I love him. It was a normal service to me. Because he first. What's the matter, soldier boy? That was different. That was a service like I didn't, I couldn't predict. You'll not commit suicide, soldier boy. Everyone started looking for the soldier boy. That's not the point. You'll not commit suicide, soldier boy. That's the devil talking to you. The next day, they passed us. And when we had gotten to Fort Nelson... I said to Brother Branham, I said, you know, it's about two o'clock. By the time we get to Southwick's, Sister uh, Southwick will be done the dishes and so on. Maybe we should have something to eat right now. He said, I think that'll be a good, I think that would be a good idea, Brother Eddie. So we just pulled off the highway onto a little side road. Potholes, rough gravel. And we're jostling up and park the car. And we go in. And there's Chris Berg, Brother Branham, and myself. And uh, 
in the door comes. We had just ordered our soup, and the waitress had gone. And uh, the door opened. It was just over here. The door opened, a little aluminum door, and in walked two men. The one man I hadn't seen before, and the tall young man I had seen. He was probably six foot, probably your size, Brother Gary. And his eyes were quite, his face was drawn. And he, this man, little heavier set man, uh, crowded by him and came around in front of Brother Branham and thrust his hand down. He says, Brother Branham, he says, you remember calling out the soldier boy? And uh, he put his hand up and he was kind of shaking. He said, he looked at me and he said, do you, do you remember Brother Eddie? I said, yes. You said, you'll not commit suicide, soldier boy. That's the devil talking to you. He said, that's it. That's what you said. That's what you said. And uh, he said, this is him. Would you pray for him? He said, uh, I brought him down from Fairbanks to be in your meeting so that you could pray for him. But I couldn't get him in the healing line. And so just then the waitress came and slid our soup. In fact, as I can tell you, it was pea soup. And she slid it in front of us and uh, just went on her way. And Brother Branham said, uh, well, maybe we'll just have our soup. I thought, have our soup? You know, here's a boy who's trying to commit suicide. Three times commit suicide in the last year. And we got our soup and we're not going to pray for him. I thought that was one of the awakening things I had. If God's going to do something, a bowl of soup doesn't make any difference. So we, uh, they said, well, we're going to have a bite to eat too. So they went down a few booths and sat down. And uh, Brother Branham, he said, now I saw he, he had changed. He was burdened again. Now, it, it was not just uh, to go out in the mountains and hunt, you know. The people at home maybe thought that. But here he is always exposed to the burdens of the people. And uh, he <clears throat> he said, uh, the, the, I think there was a woman yesterday, he said, in the healing line. And uh, she's uh, blind. I said... Uh, I can't remember her because they had the ministers all lined up and just laying their hands on the sick. I said, I can't remember any blind woman. Yeah, Brother Berg said, I think there was a blind woman uh, in the healing line. And Brother Branham said, he's just listening, but he's not paying much attention. He said, just a moment.
and he looked just over my head and looked like he was looking into eternity or someplace. And he said, yes. He said, it's, uh, let's see. And he's looking. He's watching something. He said, yes, she's a young German woman. And uh, let's see. Oh, he said, I see now she has given up her place in the prayer line to lead the blind woman through. He looked at me and said, that's right. And then I just listened. I knew now that he was off someplace else. And he said, yes, she's a young German woman. He looked at, he kind of shook his head and looked at me. And we're eating soup. I can tell you, soup doesn't stop God. I can tell you, this meeting doesn't stop God. The fact we've got microphones and speakers, etc., and you're sitting in, that doesn't stop God. The question is, is God coming near to you to contact your spirit? If he is, then he has some answer for you. You can make contact with him. Brother Branham said, yes. There's a young German woman. He looked at me. He said, you see, Brother Eddie, he said, she may be praying just now. I, Brother John... Brother Tom, I was completely bewildered. She could be praying right now. We're up in the wilderness someplace. How are we going to know she's praying? He said, she has perhaps some things that she was, she's in need. And he just listened for a few moments and looked said, yes, she's a young German woman. Starts all over again. And her name, he said, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. Come see a man. I'll ask him. And he'll give me her name. And he was just silent a moment. And he said, yes, her name is Sister Fear. He said, we would say fair. She's a young German woman. Her name is Sister Fair. And he shook his head just a moment. He said, you see, she could be praying just now. I thought, what kind of a, what kind of an experience is this? What kind of a preacher is this? Who will know that she's praying just now? Praying for what? And she had no idea that 300 miles up the Alaskan Highway, 300 miles, 500 miles from where she is praying. And I got in touch with my father, my dad, who lived in Dawson Creek, about 200 miles from her. I said, can you find Sister Fair? I said, this is what happened. And he said, she 
lives down in a certain town, I think White Court, something like that. And she was praying. I don't know what she was praying or what she was saying, but here was a prophet of God, and that was what I was introduced to. Now, friends, the soldier boy, we had already left of Fort Nelson. We're driving up, and and we have a second portion. I just want to, a second audio portion. Could we play that, please, the second one? The lady is suffering with a tremendous nervous condition. He's talking to a woman. And she has spiritual problems that bother her. Her name is Sister Clunt. K-L-U-N-T. Raise up your hand. A good friend of my family. She's standing just in front of it. I said you guessed that, Brother Branham. Let me talk to her a little more. She's a fine person and anointing's owner. Let me just say this to you. I don't know the woman never spoke to her till just now. But that woman is aware that something's on her right now. A real sweet, holy feeling. If that's right, raise up your hand, lady. Now, she's a Canadian here with you. See? I'm looking right at it. That It isn't a glare. It's a glow. Amber light right around the You say, how do you sit? And I don't. Well, it's another dimension. How did Paul see that pillar of fire down there and down there with him didn't see it? How the wise man see the star that led him to Jesus and no observatory ever reported it? Mystic star in the sky for two years. Nobody saw it but the wise man because they were the only ones looking for it. I don't know what I told you. The only way I know is on that tape down there. But whatever it said was right. Now let's just see again. Yes, nervous. Your trouble comes mainly about this time of day, late in the evening, when you're really fatigued, wore out. Have real funny, weary feelings come on you. That is right. You get nervous once in a while and drop things. Not long ago, you were standing near a window when a sun was going down. You feel real nervous rubbing your hand. That's the truth. How would I know where you were standing? How would I know you did that? Before you come to the meeting, you prayed to God that you'd get a prayer card. You were very happy when you received it. That's thus saith the Lord. That's true. Here's another thing. God tells me that on your heart you're praying for somebody else. That's a friend that's a dying. It's got cancer. They don't live here. They live in Fort St. John. And the person's shadow with a dark shadow. That person is a sinner dying with cancer. Thus saith the Lord. Are those things true? Raise up your hand. Now is there a shadow down your mind? Is he Jesus Christ? Is God among his people? Do you believe, sister? Take that same handkerchief with you. Lay it on the person who don't doubt. Jesus Christ will make it more. Go believe. Do you believe it all? I was in the car. We were driving past Fort St. John and the first exit into the... And I read in his obituary, this man's obituary, last night. You know what an obituary is? That's read at the funeral. Now here he is calling him out. 
And then he's talking now to a woman that I know is a very close friend of ours, went to our church when they were in Dawson Creek and they were in Fort, lived in Fort St. John. Now we're just coming to, through Fort St. John on the Alaskan Highway. The prophet of God has no idea where we're taking him. He just knows that we're driving and he's actually driving and I'm sitting beside him in the passenger side. And there was a big old white house, uh, up probably 150 meters up this access road. And it was the first road into the town. They moved the town because the U.S. Army built a highway wherever they wished it to go. And they made it as straight as they could right at that point. And I often wondered about this big old white house. Never did know and that this man, whose sister Clunt was praying for, lived in that house. And while we drove, he slowed right back down because it was about a 30-mile-an-hour uh, zone. And Brother Branham is driving, and he said, there was a woman praying for a man. I believe it was from Fort St. John. And I said, I wanted him to know. Oh, I know her. She's a good friend of our family and uh, well acquainted with us. I knew her very, very well. And now she was standing in front of this prophet of God and he was telling her, and another thing. Now he said, someone might have said, I guess that. But another thing you've been praying for, he said, another thing God tells me, that on your heart, you're praying for someone else. That's a friend that's dying. That's got cancer. They don't live here because we were in Dawson Creek. He said they live in Fort St. John, and we're in Fort St. John. And the person is shadowed with a dark shadow. That person is a sinner dying with cancer. That's thus saith the Lord. And while we drive by slowly, he has to put his hand and he puts it behind my head. And he said, the man's in that house. When I got to, to, to Brother Southwick's place, I'm anxious to tell him what a prophet is. So I'm saying, you know Fort St. John? I said, you know that big white house? I said, we're just going by it. And Brother Branham put, swings his hand out. And, and because of the movement of the car, he puts it behind my head. And he said, the man's in that house. Brother Southwick says, well, I know that's Ed Thomas. I know him, he said. He and I know he's dying with cancer. I said, well, you know, Sister Clunt, she was praying for him and standing on the, on the platform. And I, here I am sitting just a few feet away. And I see her and I'm listening to every word. Now you're listening to me. Are you listening to every word? This happened. A man that I'm introducing to you 
was telling this prophet of God and speaking through his mouth and telling him she's praying for a man. He's a sinner man. He's dying with cancer. He died two months later or three months later. He died in July, uh, according to the Internet. He died in July and uh, uh, and and his wife wrote a great obituary about him and told where they were living. And I found and just read it this last week where he was living and when they moved to that place and when he built that house and raised his family in that house. Listen, friends, this isn't some play game. This is God, a living God. You have been called by a living God. He knows every detail of your life. He knows your burdens right now. He's contacting your spirit to let you know that he's alive and he's ready to deal with every situation. Do you believe that? Do you think that he may be unaware and somehow, maybe because you can speak of Religious things. Oh, I, I go to Bible way and what does that mean? Right. It, it doesn't mean anything. What it really means is that there's a God in this world. He chose to come here to this world and through Jesus Christ, who is the God man. And this is something that I have great difficulty, but I'm going to try to explain it to you. That was the man. He went to the cross as a man. But it was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He was making a way. He was being your uh, uh, propitiation. Uh, he was being your sacrifice. You needed a sacrifice. You're hell-bound without God, without this sacrifice. You're hell-bound. There's no way for you to be saved but, but through Him. And He gave Himself freely to you. Freely. No questions asked. He didn't ask this woman to tell about her life. What about your first husband? What about your second? What about the third? What about the fourth? What about the fifth? He didn't. Now the Messiah was there to deal with that thing. And she said, come see a man. And that's what I'm saying to you. Come see a man. Not a man. Not, not William Branham, not Brother Ed Biscoe. But come and see a man that knows every detail. It's none other than the living God. And he chose to come in the form of this message. This message only relates. I had all kinds of questions about it. And uh, this man, a man that God had under his control, a prophet of God. And you may have a question about that right now. When did... Uh, when was that prophet under complete control of the Holy Spirit?
I can tell you, friend, when he uttered those words, that was God speaking. God spoke to my wife, whose daddy was hanging between life and death. I flew her up. I flew her up. The man that's standing behind this pulpit flew the sister that's sitting back there listening to me. And she could only look at her father for ten minutes of a day. And that was it. And could not utter a word. Couldn't say anything to him. His heart might stop. His main artery had ruptured. And, but had not burst, but had ruptured, but it was on the verge of bursting. And if he did, he'd just expire. And she's standing there, and I called a doctor, Dr. O'Brien, in Dawson Creek, and I said, uh, should I fly my wife up? Yeah, I said, I think you better. So I flew her up. But we have three daughters that are all here this morning. And she's mother to them. And Brother Branham was in Victoria. And he had meetings there. You have it on tape. Three in Grand Prairie. I'm sorry. Three in Grand Prairie, yes, and three in Dawson Creek. But the year before, the next year, we had three in... Uh, Port Alberni and three in Victoria. And she was holding this in her heart all the time. I don't know who was there. I was there. But my wife wrote the ads for the newspaper and was playing. There were two Pentecostal churches that I had attended both. And one hosted Brother Branham in Saskatoon in 1947, and they would not cooperate with this meeting. It's hard to say, but it's true. And I called the main Pentecostal church and invited them to be in the meeting. He said, well, we have a camp. So I said, well, that's fine. So he excused himself. And so that was three churches invited. We just have this service starting my, I think my wife or sister Opal McGriff's at the piano. I'm on the platform. And Brother Branham is going to come out shortly. And a woman comes up and she said, she's from Christ Church Cathedral in Victoria. As the church the queen goes to. You talk about a stuffy church. That's a stuffy church. Anglican church. She came up and she said, You need somebody playing the piano. You need somebody at the organ. Where I think we're singing only believe or something. And she sat and began to play the organ. And she was the woman that played the organ for those meetings. Somebody who claimed to be a real Christian really missed out. They had an opportunity. And here God's prophet, who is uttering and speaking 
to people who I knew and they're missing it. And this woman comes up, when I say they are, they had been invited to play and partake of those meetings and they didn't. Friends, God is in His people. And when you shake hands with somebody today, and if you're here in this service, make yourself accessible. Make yourself visible. And make yourself available to God's people. Brother Ryan, nice to see you. Thank you for being here. I trust this will be a blessing to you. So what was Brother Branham's ministry? His ministry was this, and I'm going to do it like he did it. God is in the universe. He said, do you believe it? The people said, amen. He said, God is in his word. Do you believe it? He said, God is in his son. Do you believe it? And he says, God is in his people. Do you believe that? And that's what we are called here to believe. God, this God is in his people. And I wonder if he's maybe touching your heart, touching your spirit, not touching your emotions, but touching your spirit. And maybe you've had very, very deep questions. Yeah, we can talk about spiritual things. We can talk about the church. We can talk about, well, I worship here. Well, you worship there. That's not the question. You see me here in the service. But we had to give up everything. I had people call me and cancel meetings because now I was tainted with William Branham's name. But I can tell you, and I tell you by a declaration, I wouldn't trade any of those brothers' testimony for the testimony of this message which I've received. It, you talk about it, it answering all of your questions. I said, I had three questions. And, and people hear about that. When those three questions were answered, my whole life was exposed. Whole life. The whole life. There's something about it. There's something about God's Word. There's something about it, and I don't want you to get lost in the terminology of God's Word. But there's something about the Scriptures. There's something about a certain light that comes from another place. It's a divine light. And it may be that halo. I don't know. I couldn't care less. I don't know what kind of light it is. I don't know where it came from. All I know is a, a light 
is shed and explodes in your heart and all questions people ask me and they were irreverent and one man asked me he was a minister I think he was certainly religious and he said to me he didn't even have the respect to say Brother Branham he said what attracted you to Branham's ministry that's what he said I said, well, every time he spoke, this book became alive. Is that your testimony? Then I'm with friends. Every time he spoke, this book became alive. I said, it didn't take much intelligence to determine whoever is the author of this book was speaking through those lips. And that's what attracted me. When he opened his mouth, when when all of that happened up in Fort Nelson, and we were driving on a rough uh, road, access road, I just said, I just stepped out of the Bible. I've just stepped out of the Bible. I've just stepped out of the pages of the Bible. That's what has drawn me to this. And the fact that people come or people go, that's up to them what they do. I can tell you one thing. It's a living thing. It's a living testimony. I thought of you, Brother Milko, and, uh, and the people in, uh, in Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia, and all the supernatural things that took place. That's this man. Come see a man. People disregarded him and fell, and we don't want to even talk about that. But uh, we had a Pentecostal minister. He wanted to print this message. But he had other things in his mind. And he stood right beside the printing press at 30, 37 to 38 years old and dropped dead right there printing this message. Uh, Those things are not easy to get. His wife remained a believer for years. Those were things that we experienced. Friends, you talk about writing a book. We could write a volume of a book. But God has, people are not sitting here because of their health. They're not sitting here because they don't have another church to go to. They're sitting here because something has gripped them. Something, somebody has gripped them. And all I can say to you, come and see a man. I introduce you to a man, the same man the woman talked to. How is it that thou being a Jew? How is it that you being a Christian? How is it that you being engaged are here to hear this? It's not even a sermon as such. But how is it maybe you could speak about things and handle yourself and 
maneuver things around and talk about the message or talk about... But you know there's something missing yet. You know there's something missing. This man that I introduce you to is the one where an honest prophet of God would say, I don't believe I've known you. I don't know you. He said, I see you've been prayed for before. Uh, said, yes, a, a man that's th- kind of got thinning his hair. He's prayed, you've been prayed for in a big meeting before. He said, why? It's me. He said, it's me when he sees it refocused, I suppose, in the vision. He said, it's me. You were in a meeting of mine and I prayed for you before. And uh, she said, that's right. <laughs> I like that kind of honesty. Listen, friends, you have been introduced to a Christ. He knows everything about tomorrow. He knows everything about the rest of your life. He knows every person. He knows every detail. And not only that, he knows it, but he's got it in control. Absolutely has it in control. Would you stand with me and I'm going to pray. Lord, I'm going to ask you to come by, come by our way. Come by the people's way. Come by these that are standing here. And I have given witness of the things that you have done. You're a living God. It's a true testimony. It's a true work. You're here, oh Father, living in your people, living in your servants. Help us to receive as we ought to receive. Help us, Father. There are people here that I dearly love, oh God. And this congregation is full of people. Father, may they know, may they feel, oh God, I bring them to you. I offer them to you. This is the wrapping you have given, oh God. Yes, it's been crinkled by a lot of things in life. But you are real, and I want to say you are more precious. I want to say with a man that you used mightily, he was humble enough to say, Brother Eddie, the next time you're talking to him, tell him, and you feel his presence close, come close to you, tell him that Brother Bill 
loves him very much. And tonight, Lord, or today, I want to say to you, before these people, we love you very much for all that you have done and all you will continue to do. Jesus, I want to present these people to you. And the only gift we have is whatever you have given. Bless them, I pray. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Would you allow me just to pray a prayer? Although we've just prayed. Brother Branham said, and I was so touched by this, if you don't mind. He said, shall we bow our heads? Just a moment for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come into thy presence now, dedicating ourselves and this building and all that's in here for your service. That's what I want to say. Realizing that this may be the last time that some here will ever hear the gospel or be privileged to be in a church anymore. And this may prove the eternal destination of their being. So help us, Father, tonight to be very reverent to be very loyal to the gospel and to the call that thou hast called us unto this world. And I thank thee, Father, tonight for the privilege that I have to stand before this audience of people. I've often thought how I would I cherish in my hands, a charger that held the drop, a drop of the blood of thy son. But I realize tonight I hold greater in this estimation. Before me is a purchase of the blood that he gave his blood that these might become his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see why I'm exercised? It's because of that. And I'm coming to a close now. So may thy spirit direct every word. And how we thank, uh, and how we thank for the grace of God to know that one time we were aliens, cut off from God, without mercy, without hope. Christ died for us in our stead, bearing our reproach and sins in his own body, and knowing someday 
that he shall come. We do not know, uh, we do not know what we shall be like, but we know we shall have a body like his, for we shall be like him. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my precious friends, this season. Thank you, Sister Athena, for being here. God bless you. Brother Nathan's mom, Sister Charity's mom from Idaho, thank you for being here. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you. Come see a man. I hope you'll remember it may not be it may not be today, but it could be that he'll come to you in a very personal way. And I pray that he will. I pray that you'll experience some of these things. Don't don't get weary. Don't give up. Don't do that. You pursue it. And he'll, he'll meet you, the man at the well. He'll meet you. I say it in faith. I say it in confidence. Yeah. He'll meet you. He didn't bring you this far. He didn't bring you to hear this message unless he intended to take you all the way. Amen. Amen. I look over this. I know that some of you have experienced troublesome times. I know that. I know that you have reached almost like the end of yourself. That's fine. That's good. But you'll never reach the end of himself. He knows exactly what to do and how to do it. He knows exactly how to touch you. How to reach, and I think of, I, I read it so many times, but I read it again and again. I put it, he said, he's, I'm trying to reach your spirit. I'm trying to contact your spirit. And I said, oh God, let these people, let's sit there and listen to these words. Let them know that someone so much greater will contact their spirit. Friends, you can have all the Christmas you want, but give me one moment in His presence that's much greater than anything else. Do you believe it? God bless you. Brother Tom.